Cultivated Marketer, Episode 10, Grant Gooding, a distinctive approach to hiring and doing some good for the community. Welcome to Cultivated Marketer, where we talk marketing professional development so your garden of opportunity grows. This is Brent Bowen. And I'm Matt Tidwell. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I am doing well. I'm doing well, Brent. Good to see you again. Good to see you. Well, we've been spending quite a bit of time together. Recently? (laughs) Yes, absolutely. People can't see it, but I'm enjoying your choice of sweater and the color associated on, on 1KU Day. Yeah, it's one day one K one KU one day one KU. I always get them transferred. Trans- yeah, but, one day one KU. Yeah, no, always a great day to support one of our local higher ed institutions, and looks like they're having another great day, which is cool. Yeah, very very cool. Matt has the crimson sweater on this evening as we as we chat. So, yeah, we can't see that. Well, something that we're hot after is this second discussion with. Grant Gooding, we've got, you know, we had such a great time with Grant around the holidays that we actually broke this into a two-parter. And in the lead-in, I mentioned what we're really discussing tonight are two questions that we, we dive pretty deep into. And the first of which is a distinctive approach to hiring. And, and what I mean by that is, if I recall this correctly... I'll do a Bill Self since it's one day, one KU, kind of the, the Bill Self press conference. He goes, if you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah, right. I may be wrong. But. <laughs> I may be wrong. You you nailed it right there. I may be wrong, which you know he's never wrong when he says mm-hmm. that. I may be wrong, but Grant used a, a great metaphor around a student bringing home a report card and the student having, you know, a couple A's on the report card and potentially some very average marks in the report card. And if you were a parent, how would you treat that? And then me being too, too big for my own britches, I I think I gave him the answer that he was going to be so, you know, so eloquently pointing out and he goes, you must be a really, a really interesting parent because most (laughs) parents don't treat it that way. When, when a student comes home with the C normally it's like, get your act together, right? You're, you're dragging, right? Apply yourself, young man apply yourself. I certainly heard that. I heard that a few times, definitely. But no, you're right. I mean, I think that, you know, we were talking just with Grant about just the whole process of hiring. I mean, he's an agency owner and, and, you know, as, as we fulfill the mission of this show, which is to look at professional development for young marketers, just kind of getting his take on what he's looking for and, and what he feels like is important in a young marketer. And, and so we did cover some of that. And I think folks will find that interesting. You know, it's, it's interesting because he, you know, his firm, I, I look at it as, as really centering around a real specialty, right, in terms of market research. And, and I do think, you know, that's, that's important. I've known a lot of young marketers who've gone to work for agencies, and certainly there, there, are, there have been many great agencies in Kansas City. But I remember when I was in an agency and used to hire people, it would just absolutely frost me when I would have a candidate who would just feel like that the, a particular agency I was in was just like all the rest, right? They hadn't done their homework. They hadn't even gone out and looked at the website, you know, things like that. I can guarantee you if you, if you were to go to work for Grant's agency, you want to, you'd want to look at their website because they have a very specialized, obviously, value proposition, as we heard in the first episode. And I think we'll hear a little bit more here as well. And, 
and you just have to you have to know what you're getting into and you have to accentuate your positives and, and your skill sets to really match what he or any other employer would be looking for. I just thought that was a real fascinating part of our conversation. Yeah, I think the research component itself, hence, if you're applying to a research firm, it would only serve you should do your research. One, the other thing that I took from that conversation with Grant as well is you better be ready if you expect to work in that organization. You better be ready to ask questions Mm. and, and gain additional insights. And I felt like that was an expectation through that conversation, which, which I just thought was for anybody that's going to work in any form of a strategic marketing position, that's a great capability that one should have within themselves to, you know, to, to work for grants organization or any organization is to be able to probe, ask those questions and get to meaningful insights. I always think the best market, you know, we were, it's funny, we were looking at our class the other night at the James Lipton seven question segment that he used to do. And, you know, my favorite word, well, my favorite word for marketers is curiosity, you know, and certainly that's something that a guy like Grant would appreciate is the ability to be curious, to, to ask questions, because that eventually is what's going to lead you to, you know, unique insights and, and having unique perspectives. So curiosity, extremely important. And my gosh, yeah, if you were to work at this company, you better have it in spades because that's, that's what they're all about. Yep. And so we had a great conversation there. And then conversely, it wasn't all grant, maybe picking at individuals, but also what they do. If anybody happens to go and looks at their website and does a bit of research about the organization, you can see that they've clearly aligned themselves to community and cause. And, and that's a large portion of their client base is community and cause. And so you and I unpack that a little bit with Grant and ask him why, what was the impetus and motivation for for him to make that such a core component of their business. Yeah. And the one thing I did was, you know, providing opportunity where it doesn't exist kind of a, a thought, which I think is, is really a, a great way to approach work in the community or community overall. But, you know, and the other thing is, I mean, Grant's just a good guy. I mean, he's, he's like so many of us in Kansas city that, you know, willing to, to reach out to the community, really willing to give back, understanding where you came from and, and gosh, that's again, that's why so many business owners and entrepreneurs and just leaders in the community you know, take that attitude. I think that's why a lot of us love living in Kansas City is that, you know, we, we see that personified in, in so many of our leaders and certainly grants a, another good example. Yep. Part of the, part of the foundation of the Midwestern roots, right? Is that uh, ability to roll up our sleeves and help the person next to us is the, the idea there. I, I in, truly enjoyed that conversation we had with him about that component of the underserved community. So you and I are talking it's been an interesting journey that we've had the last year, marketing or otherwise, from a society standpoint. You and I are speaking over a streaming video and audio service today, still because of the pandemic. And one of the things I've been watching for years has been the digital divide and how we've been able to bridge the digital divide within underserved communities. And there have been whole cities like Oakland, California, I know, where they had found funds to make sure that students were able to obtain laptops, obtain devices. You have libraries that have been closed, which have been normally a place where underserved communities could go as a resource, but with all those shut down, how do you bridge that? So I know that's something that was near and dear to, to Grant's heart as we spoke about their work within the community as well. 
Yeah, boy. And, you know, I think it's still a bit of, a, of an issue. You know, we're uh, we're dealing uh, at the university level with young college students that, you know, not so much now because we've gotten better at, at the whole hybrid learning thing. But certainly at the beginning of the pandemic, you know, we would get notes from students saying, well, you know, I was I was at college. They've sent me home and now I have to learn virtually. Well, you know, for whatever reason, you know, my household doesn't have a good internet connection. Or I'm having to share it with, you know, three other brothers and sisters. I have to try to go to Starbucks to get, well, if Starbucks isn't open, you know. So, so the digital divide has been, you're absolutely right, certainly, um, you know, magnified in, in the pandemic day and age. And another good reason that hopefully we're, we're looking at the back end of that, because I, I know everybody is ready to be completely connected wherever they are, right? Always on. Yep. Always, always on. And with the idea of how can we bring us together? And that was the the point of the conversation with Grant. So you've already got a bit of a glimpse from me and Matt doing a preview of pretty interesting and thoughtful conversation that you have to look forward to with Grant Gooding. And with that, we're going to send you off into that conversation. Hey, again, as Brent mentioned, just for some of the younger marketers, younger folks that, that may listen to us as we talk about just kind of building your skill sets, things like that. I know as an, as an agency owner, you, you do a lot of hiring, right? You work with a lot of, of younger marketers. What kinds of things are you looking for as you grow your, your business from you know, younger professionals that are coming in and, and may, maybe want to have a place on your team? What are, what are some of the kind of the key qualities maybe that, that you find to be extremely valuable? I think the correct answer to that question for me is probably not a popular one because I don't look at resumes typically. What I'm looking for is I'm looking for somebody that asks really good questions. Now that's totally selfish because that's part of our job is to be really good at asking questions. So that's the first thing I can tell. And that's something that I learned not through hiring. It's through working with clients. I can almost always tell who the smartest person in the room is by the types of questions that they ask. And the same thing with hiring. I know what I'm looking for. So the businesses, as it grows, their gaps open up. So I know I have to find someone with a certain skill set. Here's how I look at skill sets too. This is probably also unpopular. And this is something that I'll tell kids if I'm speaking to like college kids or, or, or even like high school kids, caps or so inner city kids, stuff like that. And I say, you were genetically predisposed to be great at something. The problem is that typically your parents and society does not want you to do that. For example, let's say that you bring home a great a report card and it's got an A, an A, an A minus, a B, and a C minus. A parent might say what? Parent might say you need to pursue the A items on that report card. <laughs> okay, so what would a real parent say without you? Or, uh, <laughs> or, or you really need to, a real parent would say, as a parent of two teenagers, or no C minuses are allowed in this household. What, get your, talk to me about get, the C minus. Yeah, talk to me about we, we need to get the C minus up. Throw yourself into that. Yeah, and that, and that, and that's that's the way the school system looks at it, and that's how most parents look at it, right? And I saw you saw where I was going with this. Yeah, but it's backwards. So I want to know, well, why was it a C minus? I don't know. It just didn't make sense to me. Well, it's never going to make sense to you because it's not part of how your brain operates. And okay, well then what was your two A's? 
well, it was math and geology. Okay. Why did you do good math? I don't know. Math just makes sense to me. Okay. Did you have to study a lot for it? Uh, yeah, sometimes, but you know, I like it. Okay. Well then what about geology? Oh, my teacher was really awesome. Do you like rocks? Uh, I don't know, but I love my teacher. He's cool. He's funny. Well, you kind of know it's not geology, right? That's just a variable because you had a great teacher, right? Mm -hmm. Could be. For the most part, is this kid going to be in a math field? Probably because it makes sense to him. Well, and the key, the key thing you mentioned too is I enjoy it. That's the, the key thing I ask my kids and other kids is what do you enjoy? Where would you devote more time than with, with said wife that you love so much, right? Where would you, where would you spend that time that you're spending more time than with your wife? <laughs> and unfortunately, everything is set up for mediocrity. So I don't like straight A students. Like it's almost a disqualifier. Mm. And here's the reason why a straight A student typically is not self-aware. They're smart. There's lots of smart people, right? It's not like we have a shortage of smart people. You know, some, somebody smarter than me said something that was brilliant and it was like, talent is equally distributed, but opportunity is not right. Which is like maybe one of the most perfect things ever said about the human right. So there's no shortage of smart people. It's who knows what they're smart at and who's humble about the things that they're not. So everybody on my team is spectacular at one thing. And they're wildly humble about the things that they aren't. So guess what that means? I have an exceedingly high performing team because everybody knows what they're responsible for. And when they're not doing that thing, they go, uh, hey, you got this, right? Yep, no problem. We'll see. Are they more efficient? Yeah. Can they can they do it way faster than, you know, I could force everybody to do in hey, you're in control of this entire life cycle, but I decided to set the company up essentially as a manufacturing facility where everybody has these very specific areas of expertise and we have and and of course we invested a lot in a lot in software and technology. But those two things together, we can get projects done so fast that other companies can't even figure out like, how the hell did that happen? How do they do that so fast? And it's because I got, I got people that are super duper talented in one area where they know they're talented and they will take charge. And by the way, they'll innovate and they'll make things better because they like it, right? Whether it's art, you know, obviously we're a research company, but we do have a full-time graphic. His job is to make math and data pretty and understandable. And, and you know, that's all he does. He doesn't do anything else. And we have people in those silos and it works really, really well. So advice to young kids is don't worry about getting straight A's. It seems important now, but it's not. The thing, there is something that is inside of you. You can be exceptional at it. And it doesn't matter if it's turning a wrench or doing a math problem. If you don't pursue it, first of all, you're going to be miserable. And you'll probably will just, there'll be a, a hole inside of you that you will probably won't realize until you get older and pursue that thing. And by the way, you're going to not only be happier, you're going to make more money overall in your life if you focus on that thing that is inside of your DNA that you're meant to do. So that's what I want to look for. I want to look for who can do that. So we do stuff like I'll put data sets in front of people and I'll say, tell me what this means. And some people look at it and like, I can't. I mean, there they say something that you would expect them to say, like a data scientist would say. And then every once in a while, I'll find somebody that'll look at it and say, what's wrong with this particular product? And I'm like, ah. What do you mean? Right? Because a lot of the stuff isn't learnable. You get it or you don't. Just like you can hit a curveball or you can't. So we have a weird way that we go about finding. 
they're intuitive. And so you start, you reel that fish in. I get it. And I loved what you said about self-awareness trumping, you know, just GPA in terms of, you know, I guess the, the challenge is to find those one or two percenters that bring both, right? Or extremely smart, but also very self-aware. Yeah. If you're talking to kids, I would say at least the thing that always impresses me is if someone's done a little bit of homework, my God, a little bit of homework, uh, it's shocking sometimes where it's like, you didn't prepare for this damn interview at all. Are you kidding me? That tells me that you're not going to prepare for clients either. So like, that's just unacceptable. But there've been a few folks that that ultimately weren't fits, but I have their names written down because they'll say something like, why do you do it this way? That's a great question. That's a great question in an interview. Why do you do it this way? Anyway, just tells me you can just tell real quick how how bright someone is and whether or not they're gonna they're gonna be good anyway. I don't know. I don't know how, how popular all that is. Well, it, no, the attributes were helpful. I I think the one thing in there too that you had mentioned that certainly seems to be part of the value proposition of your company and you as an individual too is a leader as you had talked about talent being equally distributed, but opportunity not being equally to paraphrase kind of what you said earlier. And I, one of the things I noticed, and we didn't cover this in your intro, cause I probably would have run out of breath to cover it entirely in your intro, but seems that you individually in the organization are very civically minded. So this notion of distribution of opportunity seems to be part of your personally, your value proposition and then part of the core of the company. So what, what have you learned through those experiences of supporting you know, you've got a whole branch of your business development that focuses on not-for-profits, and then you're really involved within the city in either entrepreneurial endeavors, helping individuals, or even serving on different boards. What have you learned and gained from those experiences? Well, part of it, I don't know what I've learned. I mean, I learned a lot of various things, but most of it is rooted in a fundamental belief that even if communities are large, which Kansas City is not a huge city, but it's made up of communities. And your company, your organization, your university, your nonprofit is only as strong as the rest of the community. And I'm, I'm in a business where our job is essentially to find opportunity. That's it. We even call it drilling for oil. In every scenario, a lot, a lot of times we're working with, with companies that are having a hard time. They built a product and they're not able to get it off the ground or it's not doing as well as they thought. There's a reason. There's a reason that's explainable if you know how to look. And so our job is to go find that thing. And so literally my whole career has been around finding opportunity and seeing how that essentially raises all tides. Because every successful organization that you have in any community, especially a for-profit company because it drives so much tax revenue, everyone wins. The more profit you make, you have better police, you have better schools, you have better community organizations, and, and all of those things are bolstered. Now, when you have those things, you create more universal wealth, which means you make other businesses more money, which means if you think about it in a grand life cycle, you're actually making yourself more money if you contribute back to contribute back to your community. Whether you do that financially or with your time, we choose to do both in various things. And some of them are random. Like we just found out that, so having Katie on our team is great because she heads up our, our nonprofit division, but she's totally in the know and lots of this stuff. And we learned that diapers are not covered in for in like social. Uh, so when, when, when people are, are on welfare, diapers aren't covered. How is that possible? Wow. 
So we said, well, let's do a whole bunch of diaper stuff. So we've done a ton of stuff just for diapers because it's an area of need. It's a hole. It's a hole in the system. And so sometimes it can be random like that. But individually, my passion is education around entrepreneurism in areas of the city where people just aren't exposed to that. And so when, when we go into rougher neighborhoods and we talk to kids, one of the things that I found to be true is their entire life exists in a few blocks. And they have no perspective on opportunity that's out there, what the world is like outside of those few blocks, and and talking to them about that so that they can understand they have almost everything against them. And it is worthwhile to find something in yourself that you think you'll be great at. And you can create a business doing that, or you can get a job doing that. If you have a kid who, there are brilliant programmers right now in the inner city that don't have access to computers. They don't even know they're good at it yet. And they need to be exposed to those things because that is the way out of poverty. And that is the way out of disparity and breaking the cycle. So there's certain organizations like Junior Achievement that do that. Mm -hmm. There's great organizations that do that. And so anyway, that's, that's why we do it. I don't know if that's the right answer or not. No, I, I appreciate your, so I'm on the, the board of Kansas City Young Audiences, which, which is an arts organization and nearly 80% of the students who attend and participate in programming are from underserved communities. And it's all about breaking that snow globe. You really can't even call it a snow globe, but it's, because it's murky snow in a lot of cases, but it's kind of breaking through that barrier to show them that opportunity. So I, I appreciate that. Gee, Grant, this has been great. Really, really appreciate the time that you've spent with us today. I've had, I've heard, again, had the opportunity to hear you speak a, a couple of times and, and just, you know, very much appreciate your input across all of these spectrums. You covered a lot of territory here. Again, just thanks so much for your time and all the work that you do in the community. And I know you're, you help a lot, at a lot of our partners that listen to this program, the AMA group and IBC and PRSA and all of the others that you've spoken to over the years. And I know you continue to do that. So, Thanks for that as well. Anything else that you'd like to mention or anything maybe that you want to expand on a little bit more or, or did we did we truly wear you out in the 50 minutes here? I mean, I don't know. I, I have opinions on things, which that's what my wife says. Well, you agree you have opinions on things. She's very kind to me. <laughs> and I like chatting it up with smart people. That's, there's a very, uh, who is it? There's a very funny comedian. God, he's like from Boston and he's like the super stereotypical Boston. He's hilarious. And he said, he's like, you know how many people ask me, why are you yelling? And he says, this isn't yelling. I have opinions and I want to get all of them out before you have a chance to talk next. (laughs) And so folks, if they haven't checked out, I'll just throw this out because there were a couple things we were taking notes before we even came on the air. What are your next blog? And I love the propaganda section on the on the website as well. What are the next topics that are going to be rolling out? Because you mentioned a few during the interview, but you mentioned even one before we came on, there were a couple other pieces that are going to be coming up. What are, what are some things we can look forward to there? Yeah. The two, the two I have in process, you guys kind of touched on, which was surprising. One of them is around kind of identifying your A plus. It's something that I've, I've talked on several times. And so I'll essentially just be writing down kind of what I just said. The other one was on the election and why the data was wrong again. And we figured this out the first time accidentally. And so we, we kind of had Trump when he was running against Clinton, kind of the opposite of what, of what Nate Silver did. And we thought, boy, that's, that's probably not very accurate. And so this, this probably doesn't work because that guy's like a, he's like the best, you know, in the world at this. And it turns out we were 
we were more right than we thought. And it's not because he's not, you know, we're smarter than Nate Silver, which is certainly not. It's that he didn't have the kind of data that we had to look at, right? He's forced to look at polling data. And we had just had this completely different view into voters. So I'm going to write an article on that. As far as we are going to do another propaganda series, because it was pretty, people tended to like it. Some of it's, it's kind of a blend of science and theory, but we have a couple of those that we'll, that we'll release here next spring. Oh, that's great. So if, if folks have enjoyed Grant's opinions on many things here, as his wife had said, if, if you've enjoyed his opinions here and you want to, I highly recommend going out to the website and checking out the insight section, as well as the webinar series. There are several, at least you can go back and work through the back catalog of the of the webinar series. And it sounds like you have some other things coming out in the spring. Grant, we've truly enjoyed the expertise and insights and thinking and understanding our dumb, dumb selves tonight. Really appreciate you coming on. We really, thanks for joining us tonight. James, thanks for having me and, and, and hanging out and always appreciate chatting up smart people. So thank you very much. For Matt Tidwell, this is Brent Bowen, and thanks for joining us on this episode of Cultivated Marketer with Grant Gooding from Proof Positioning. If you found value in today's episode, check us out on our website, cultivatedmarketer.com. You'll also be able to subscribe to us, rate us, and leave us a comment on your favorite podcast platform, such as Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Remember, a garden of opportunity grows with Cultivated Marketers.